When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Turf Show Times, the podcast instant reaction show Wherever every week, whether we like it or not, we have to get together after a Rams game and talk about what just happened. And the Rams, we've said week after week, ever since, you know, things started to look like maybe running it back wouldn't be so easy. You know, this is a must win game. This is a must win game. This is a must win game. And, you know, for this week against the Saints, it didn't feel like a must win game. It just felt like win so you can have some respect here against the Saints team that was three and seven going into the week and just have some respect for whatever happens over the rest of the season. And the Rams lose 27 to 20. It wasn't even as close as that. And whether or not the Rams would have won with a healthy Matthew Stafford is inconsequential because the Rams didn't seem like they necessarily were on track to win prior to Matthew Stafford leaving in the third quarter with another concussion scare. And so Bryce Perkins comes in, uh, finishes out the game and the Rams lose. Just very disheartening to think about where the Rams are at today because on paper, you know, last season was last season. And on paper, the Rams may be one of the three worst teams in the NFL as of today with the players that they are suiting up and able to put out on the field each week. And the injuries just continue to pile up and the Rams fall to three and seven. If this was the draft order going into next year, the Rams would be sending pick number five to the Detroit Lions for next year. And boy, oh boy, uh, would the Rams like to have that pick uh, next year? So that's not going to happen. But, you know, I, I don't even know where to begin, Chris. Uh, I'm with Chris Daniel and J.B. Scott every week. I'm I'm Kenneth Arthur, and this is Turf Show Times. I don't even know where to begin, Chris, uh, but the Rams are 3-7, and seven, and uh, Matthew Stafford is uh, back in concussion protocol, if not right now, uh, in a moment, I'm assuming. So, uh, where do the Rams go from here? I mean, this is rock bottom, so they can only go up, but up definitely won't start next week. Um, yeah, this this was a rough one. I don't know why. And, and JB told me, you know, right before we started rolling, this one hurts the most because we were we were given so much hope that it it could happen today. You know, uh, a pretty good first half you know we got to see Tutu get in the end zone first time in his career you know we were able to see some signs of life uh out of the offense without Cooper Cup which was surprising in itself um but then that second half came we got shut out the third quarter only scraped together two field goals in the fourth and the Saints just took it over not having to worry about any passing threat from Bryce Perkins, uh, five for 10, 64 yards and stack the box. We, you know, we had a decent run game going, but it didn't matter because we got down double digits, uh, two score lead for the saints. 
couldn't run the ball against stacked front. Uh, they didn't really have any passing threats once Matthew Stafford went down to, like you said, probable concussion protocol, and that was that. Chris, you told me uh, during the game, you know, uh, that that Chris Olave touchdown pass, 53 yards, really, you know, that was, again, I mean, it's just another moment where it felt like uh, any any sort of hope that you had against, you're playing Andy Dalton, and now Andy Dalton's looks like Tom Brady. So uh, you told me, yeah, that's just man, man to man. That's all on yeah. Jalen Ramsey. So uh, thoughts there on, on Jalen Ramsey, because the defense, you know, uh, whether that's the the position that they were put in or or whatever it have you, it's just kind of surprising that on a day in which Leonard Floyd and Greg Gaines each get two sacks, you know, Andy Dalton just dominates. So uh, thoughts on Jalen Ramsey and the defense? Yeah, Jay. Yeah, that that's Jalen's usually pretty pretty solid against bigger, more physical receivers, uh, and that's actually gone away too now with his performance against DeAndre Hopkins speed receivers aren't really his thing. And it's, it kind of showed again today with him getting burned for what was it? 53 yards by Chris Olave, who I just traded away in fantasy football last week. Um, it's the defense, just like you said, you know, great, great gains coming back, getting two sacks, Leonard Floyd heating up with two sacks. And Andy Dalton was just on fire, 21 for 25, 260, three touchdowns, no picks. I, if someone told me that before the game, I'd have punched him in the throat. I wouldn't have believed that. And it happened. And it could have been worse. Well, uh, note out there for anyone uh, that comes across Chris, do not say things like that before the game. You don't want to get punched in the throat. Uh, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's uh, – it's just JB. I'm looking at the Rams on paper. I mean, this is the thing. Again, on a day when Tutu Atwell has a 62 yard catch, uh, touchdown catch, I couldn't help by the end, but still think, man, that was one of the worst second round picks of all time. I mean, when you need a receiver, you think your day two, you're not your second round pick, you're the first guy you choose, any of that kind of stuff. When you need a receiver, you would think, yeah, go to that guy. But I don't know what else you do with Tutu Atwell other than that one go. It just He just ran and caught a ball, and that was it. I don't know what you do with him after that. And the Rams had no answers. Um, and we saw Allen Robinson finish four catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. But not a player that was capable of you know filling the role of Cooper Cup. We had Tyler Higby get eight targets and finish four catches for 45 yards, and Van Jefferson three catches for 41 yards. And it just feels like, when you're at a second half, you got Bryce Perkins throwing to Van Jefferson and Brandon Powell, and you've got Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, and three-fifths of the offensive line wasn't even on the team to begin the year. It's just so insane. you got Bobby Evans playing left tackle, and Bryce Perkins just didn't even have more than one-tenth of a second in the pocket by the fourth quarter. So uh, just how low did the Rams go today? Well, you sure listed off a, lo a long list of incredibly bad things, but uh, you, like you said, you don't see the plan of Tutu Atwell. But I don't like you can't consider him a draft bust because he's exactly as advertised. He's the fastest player on the field for the limited opportunities that he's actually on it, right? And he just he's faster than the defense. Everyone on the defense, he just ran right by him, and they even had a ten yard cushion on that play, and he outran the corner, outran the safety for the touchdown. So. He's exactly the player that you drafted, maybe even better than advertised because the speed translated to the NFL game. 
you just can't find ways to use him. And that's entirely on the coaching staff. I even saw him, you know, he's a physical blocker in the run game today. And, you know, you're t- all these excuses that we've been given by the Rams and the beat reporters that cover the team of why Atwell can't get on the field. I, I think he erased all those concerns today. And it's just a matter of the coaching staff being unable to use him. So I think he's the best receiver that the Rams have right now, absent of Cooper Cup. So well, I think not- that's a really important distinction. And I want to say something. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think that is an important distinction. When I say he's one of the worst second round picks, I really mean like, why? I mean, you're right. He's exactly what he's advertised to do. So it's like that to me is you get that guy in the sixth or seventh round. What Tutu Atwell does, you can get that on day three. So that's also like part of it where it's like, I don't understand the the thought process there, but you make a great point. He's doing what he's supposed to. Yeah. And I, I think he's the best receiver the Rams have right now. And it's, it's miserable that they can't even get him on the field. You know, Allen Robinson had that crucial drop on the first possession where you go three and out. And the offense, you know, lacks momentum to start the game. Uh, that could have been a big play. Could have got things rolling on the right foot. And then, you know, you know, Higby and Stafford just look like they, you know, aren't on the same page. And I don't really know what's going on there. Higby was, you know, wide receiver two early on in the year, and he's really faded. Had a big game last week, but you know, the Saints really threw everything in the kitchen sink that they could at stopping him. So, um, you know, I just have more questions and answers about the Rams at this point. Matthew Stafford's contract extension hasn't even started. You know, he has a second concussion in a matter of three weeks. Is there a non-zero chance he's not the quarterback in 2023? I think that's a serious question we have to ask ourselves right now. Which is just absolutely bonkers. I mean, to think about where the Rams are going from last season to this season, it is truly one of the most fascinating and painfully fascinating for Rams fans teams I've ever seen. I mean, you go from winning the Super Bowl, not just you know, winning the Super Bowl, but uh, the Rams, you know, they went through a pretty good gauntlet. There were a lot of really good teams last year. And that for the Rams to come out with the Super Bowl championship and large thanks, you know, to trading for Matthew Stafford and having that explosive passing offense to being as bad as they were in 2016 with J- rookie Jared Goff when he went 0-7 as the starter. And then you look at the last seven games here with the Rams sitting at 3-7 and and start wondering, will they win another game? You know, the teams that they've beaten. I was uh, watching uh, early season highlights this weekend and coming across just like even the Falcons game, you know, that was their most complete performance maybe up until the uh, fourth quarter. And even then it was like, this is not a great team and the Falcons aren't a good team. And every team that the Rams face that's, you know, uh, been any good has beaten them quite easily. And it's only the bad teams that the Rams even stand a chance against. And the saints were out there with Andy Dalton and really the more dominant team. They didn't have, Cam Jordan, they didn't have Marshawn Lattimore, they didn't have Michael Thomas. I mean, you can keep going down. The offensive line wasn't what the Saints expected, and the Rams got pretty well dominated. You know, if there's a chance that Matthew Stafford wins this game, but not a great one, especially given the uh, the way the offensive line performed. Uh, Chris, you know, you, you've always been a, a great source there for us on the uh, offensive line, and the Rams are in such a curious situation there where you've got guys Tynaseki wasn't even supposed to be he wasn't even on the roster and then all of a sudden he was the guy that was most missed when all of a sudden it's going back to Bobby Evans at left tackle or going to Bobby Evans at left tackle and the guards are all a mess and the center is 
you know, the backup center. Uh, how do the Rams survive the next seven games with this offensive line? They don't. When you're starting Bobby Evans on the offensive line, it's a bad day. All right. When you're starting Bobby Evans at left tackle, you're going to lose. <laughs> That's not sustainable. That's not a good business decision. It's a health hazard for whoever's back there in the pocket. Like one of us need to go try out because we, ha- I don't understand how, I, I don't want to be disrespectful to the fact that this man plays in the NFL, right? So he's he's got to have some kind of talent. And I don't want to put all of this on Bobby Evans, but I've been a big Bobby Evans critic for just about as long as I've seen him play in the preseason. It's it's baffling that you can trot that out as your blindside protector and think that hey, we've got a shot. It's 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 it was disgusting. I don't know where the Rams go on the offensive line from here, but as long as this team has Bobby Evans on the perimeter or even in the starting lineup, expect the quarterback, whoever it is going forward, to be pummeled. I do not have a silver line. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, you know, it's just hard to know. You don't, yeah, you don't kind of, how do we come to the, how do we get to a place where it seems even uh, humane to put Matthew Stafford behind this offensive line at any point for the rest of the year? You know, if he has suffered two concussions, you know, it's very interesting, the wording of uh, Matthew Stafford being in the concussion protocol a couple weeks ago, where McVay wouldn't commit to saying that he had suffered a concussion. And then this one, you know, he leaves again with a head injury and, and there's no like, I don't know whether he suffered two concussions. If he has suffered two concussions, two separate, you know, concussions in the last three weeks or whatever, then yeah, I mean, his his career is in doubt. His future is in doubt before that four-year $160 million extension cuts in. And there's not going to be any breaks for the Rams if he is ruled out or retired because of a head injury. And then to actually be able to recover from this if they have an opportunity to, you know, you cannot put Stafford in a position to play behind Bobby Evans and this offensive line in the next seven games, they've got the Kansas city chiefs on deck. Um, and as you alluded to, that is such a daunting situation. JB, you're going to be at that game. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you have as a, as a Rams fan, as somebody who's uh, covered the team every week, with the Kansas city chiefs on deck and Patrick Mahomes, like what is the Rams goal next week against the chiefs? I mean, is it just to, you know, survive and to start figuring out which players are parts of the team moving forward next year? Yeah, that's a good goal. And, you know, I'm going to the next three games and I definitely have probably paid more for tickets than what they're worth right now, because who would have thought the Rams would be at this at this point that they are so uh, a losing team with no shot of contention in 2022. But, you know, if I had one word to describe this defense, it would be acquiescent. And it kind of just seems like they're letting the offense impose their will on them and sitting back and letting the game come to them. 
And I don't think that's a, a good way, a good mindset you have to have on defense, especially if you do that against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, because they will take whatever you give them times 10. And you have to come out and you have to attack. And you know if they have any chance of winning this game next week, which doesn't even matter in terms of standings, probably they have to score on defense and force multiple turnovers, probably. But, uh, you know, if Bryce Perkins plays next week, I feel a lot better about him whenever he has a full week to prepare and the team can, if because whenever you have a type of quarterback like that in the game, you have to design your whole offense around him. Similar to what Baltimore does with Lamar Jackson, Chicago with Justin Fields. This isn't going to be the offense you run with Matthew Stafford, but I'm optimistic off what I saw with Bryce Perkins today that, you know, you could come out with a run heavy offense and his mobility really opened up things in the traditional running game for both K makers and Cameron Williams. And I thought what we saw to those young backs today that was the best individual performances by Rams running backs that we've seen all season. So, you know, Acres was really great, created yardage that wasn't really there, broke multiple tackles and, you know, created those long runs. And Williams really seems shifty and he's a good, you know, pass catcher, kind of like maybe a more shiftier, quicker James White, in my opinion. So uh, I really encourage what I saw from those two guys today. We had uh, Cam Akers, 14 carries for 61 yards. Bryce Perkins, 5 for 39. Kyron Williams, 7 for 36. And Daryl Henderson, 2 for 9. So taking out uh, a run by Stafford, a, a run by Powell, those two runs had uh, picked up three yards. So taking those out, 28 carries for 145 yards, easily one of the best, if not the best, rushing performance by the Rams this season. And yeah, Cam Akers uh, looking pretty good, holding on to the football but definitely in these situations and in the modern NFL, you also have to take advantage of those opportunities to throw the ball. And, you know, when so many of your targets are going to Tyler Higby, you know, six yards out, it's just like, that's no offense. And, you know, Tyler Higby, definitely not the guy I want to see getting uh, eight targets and being the number one uh, receiver to put it in some sort of terms for the Rams, but then how to, how to see something different with Cooper cup, pretty much out for the rest of the year. Matthew Stafford may be out for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's just where how, I Like I said, I cannot imagine uh, putting Matthew Stafford back out there under these circumstances for the time being. And whether that involves John Wolford next week, he was out this week with a neck injury or not, you know, uh, remains to be seen. Uh, and Aaron Donald, he had a couple of tackles for a loss in this one, um, definitely helping out his teammates there. Any, any thoughts there, Chris, on, uh, some of the other guys in the secondary for the Rams and, and the types of players who you want to see coming back for the secondary in 2023, we're going to get into some very interesting territory, perhaps with Jalen Ramsey, the amount of money that he costs and whether or not the Rams have the ability and he has the ability to utilize himself to a point of being worth, you know, one of the top paid cornerbacks in the NFL, whether or not the team needs to restructure him or, or what it is, you know, it will be interesting to see, but you've got Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, Taylor Rapp, who will be a free agent. Nick Scott, who will be a free agent. David Long, who will be a free agent. Uh, Darion Kendrick, Russ Yeast, Quentin Lake was out there today. Um, Chris, which secondary players do you want to keep around for the Rams next season? I mean, I, I definitely want to try to find a way to keep Nick Scott. Um, I may be... I, I, I just love the fact that he laid Debo Samuel out last year in the, in, in the playoffs. I don't even know if I can really fairly critique any of the secondary players, this defense 
it, it reminds me not necessarily how they play, but the sick the situations that they're placed in. It kind of almost reminds me of like Jeff Fisher, you know, with Jeff Fisher. We knew that offense was not going to provide these guys favorable situations. And this year, the Rams offense is not allowed what I think the strength of this defense could have been. Um, and, and, and in part, Raheem Morris, like we, we're always on him for the 10-yard the cushion. Part of that is obviously because he does not trust the cornerbacks on the outside, outside of Jalen Ramsey. I, I'm, 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 I don't even want to say this, but the secondary, while it has talented players, it, ha- it, it reminds me like a receiving core that has a bunch, has a number one, but has a bunch of threes and fours. There's no one that steps up as that number two. Jalen Ramsey is the number one, right? We don't really use him as that man-to-man guy. And now maybe we're seeing kind of the decline of Jalen Ramsey before our eyes, maybe. So now if our number one is falling to a one and a half or two, and we've got everyone else that is on their best day, a two, like I'm kind of concerned all the way around for the secondary. I don't, I may be a prisoner of the moment, but we just got lit up by Andy Dalton. Like that's that's mm-hmm. not ideal. No, it is not. And uh, you know, and again, the Saints were not having a good year. Uh, and Andy Dalton was very up and down, but definitely never up as high as he was up today. That was just a different version of uh, what we had seen from the Saints' passing offense and the offense. I mean, to just. You know that you need uh, a great defensive performance to even have a chance just based on the way that we've seen the offense play this season and, and the injuries. And But at the same, it's just so crazy. I mean, if we really go down who the Rams were putting out there on offense um, this week, you know, with all those injuries, at, in the second half here, you're talking about at quarterback, Bryce Perkins, who was the third-string quarterback, not even the backup quarterback. So you have the third-string quarterback in at quarterback. At running back, you had Cam Akers, who the team was trying to get rid of at all costs by the trading deadline, surprisingly didn't cut him, and he was one of the best players on offense. You had Kyron Williams, who's been out a fifth-round pick, a fifth-round rookie, who's basically been out for the whole year. You had... At tight end, Tyler Higby, but then look at the depth at tight end that is completely er- eroded and eradicated from a time when it was like having uh, Gerald Everett as the number two and uh, Johnny Munt to the number three to essentially the, t- the the Rams don't have a number two tight end and there is no discussion of any other tight end on the roster. At left tackle, Bobby Evans. At left guard, Matt Skura, who wasn't on the roster. At center, Colin Shelton, who was not supposed to be the starting center. At right guard, Ode Abushi, who was not the, the on the roster at the beginning of the year. At right tackle, Rob Havenstein. Receiver, number one receiver, Allen Robinson, was not supposed to be the number one receiver. Van Jefferson's not supposed to be your number two. Uh, ben Skoranek and ba- Brandon Powell and Tutu Atwell. And, and even Lance McCutcheon was out there, although he didn't get any uh, work today, really, uh, as far as I remember. I mean, that offense is so far low out there. I'm trying to, trying to think if you, if you could compare the Rams, where they're at, to a movie or a television show like – what movie or television show would you compare the Rams 2022 season? You know, it feels like 
uh, San Andreas with the rock where all of California is collapsing unto itself um, suddenly and, and to such a great degree that uh, you wonder how anyone's going to survive. JB, if you could compare the Rams 2022 season to a movie or a TV show, what movie or TV show would come to mind for you? Oh my. <laughs> yeah, it's an ugly movie. And you know, Sean McVay made that reference too this week, right? Where he's like, it's a bad movie and I'm a part of it. And, you know, the lead actor needs to be better. And, you know, I haven't done my homework on that question. Apologies, but uh, the Rams don't look good right now, certainly. And it's not a lot of good parts, not a lot of good actors. <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm putting you on the spot there. I'm going to put Chris on the spot too with the same question. Chris, any thoughts of uh, a movie or a TV show disaster like this one? That is that's such a great question, man. <laughs> I, I fucking love you, man. That's a great question. Um, so I would say, I would say last year was probably peak Game of Thrones, uh, and this season is the last season of Game of Thrones, where mm. it just lets you all the way down. And spoiler alert: the <laughs> last person in the world that you want to see become the king becomes mm. the king which that's which what, probably means the 49ers are going to win the super bowl this year that's what oh that means my, oh my goodness uh yeah that's uh what ramsey bolton or something like that could be the 49ers i don't know um that is a great way to put it you know just the the all the hype all the excitement everything about being yeah the king and then the last gasp, the last breath of air, uh, nothing that you had wanted or hoped or expected to see. I mean, I just could not have constructed, not only could I not have constructed a scenario where the Rams are this bad. I mean, I remember the off season just writing like, wow, few Super Bowl champions have ever had this great of an opportunity to, you know, sort of have a chance to repeat, you know, that brought back so many players, added players like Bobby Wagner and Allen Robinson. Um, I had such a strong run of success under Sean McVay without any major hiccups outside of, you know, the 2019 and 2020 seasons, which weren't even really that bad. And so to look at where the Rams are today and to see – this level of I'm trying to figure out let's put it this way uh JB when you look at it, the Rams remaining schedule you know you still got this team out there the Las Vegas Raiders on Thursday night football in week 14 and the Las Vegas Raiders you know they got what two wins uh, Josh McDaniels could get fired before his end of his first season after all those years of talking about Josh McDaniels as a head coach. Um, just really huge disappointment from the Raiders and all that they did this offseason. Uh, week 14, Rams, Raiders. I mean, do you think the Rams are better than the Raiders or do you think that the Raiders are, are better than the Rams? Well, I think about Max Crosby and Chandler Jones against this Rams offensive line, and I can't help but shaking my boots, you know. Uh, Rob Havenstein didn't look good today, and he's usually one of the most reliable parts of this offensive line. But whoever plays left tackle, and we don't know what's going on with David Edwards. That kind of got lost in the shuffle this week, right, because he had a setback with his concussion symptoms. So I think he might be your best option at left tackle moving forward with Chandler, Chandler Brewer on IR. So uh, Or AJR Curry, maybe. I think either one of them have to be better than Bobby Evans, just based on like what Chris said. Can't be any worse. So uh, that defense is going to be formidable. You still have to think about covering Devontae Adams and that offense. Maybe Darren Waller's healthy by then, but 
you know, it sounds like Derek Carr might be on his way out of Las Vegas and they might be have him on the trade market too. So they're also fighting for nothing. So what's the two teams with nothing to lose and nothing to gain, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Raiders have the benefit of their first round pick, I guess. Uh, but that's not going to bring a lot of solace. It's interesting. You bring up Derek Carr as a guy who could, you know, be his way on, on his way out of town. Um, Cause yeah, we don't know if the Rams are going to need a veteran starting quarterback next year. You know, they may not, we know they're not going to be able to draft a guy in the first round. We know that Matthew Stafford, we know that the Rams need a better backup for Matthew Stafford than Bryce Perkins and John Wolford. Um, and we, we could have said that before this season. So someone has to be added out there and something has to be done. Um, but now it's just a matter of, what's going to happen in the next seven games, you know, whether the Rams are going to go 0 and seven or three and four or, you know, four and three and, and maybe have some semblance of optimism going into the off season. But it's just so hard to start finding those reasons for optimism, given just how dire of the situation is on offense. And then on defense to just be coming out of this game looking so bad against Andy Dalton, who finishes 21 of 25 for 260 yards and three touchdowns. I looked at his game log of his career and, you know, he's had like three games against the Browns that he's dominated them. But other than that, this is uh, basically one of the best games of his career up there, making the Rams look as bad as, uh, you know, the Browns. And so that's, that's really just sort of the, the level of, concern for this current situation uh chris we've known sean mcveigh quite well for a while now um so we've never seen him in this situation we've never seen the rams lose four games in a row under him we've never seen the rams you know just be one of the worst teams in the nfl under sean mcveigh how do you expect and what do you expect from sean mcveigh uh moving forward for the rest of the season are are you hopeful that you know he is sort of the right guy to handle this situation or, you know, are we just sort of in uncharted territory now? So both of the the last two comments, both of what you just said are, are true. We're in uncharted territory, but he's definitely the right guy. You know, this is our first time getting to this point under Sean McVay. And, you know, when you ask JB about the Raiders, that's like, okay, JB is going to say something positive. He's going to make me happy. And he said nothing but facts, but they were all bad. They were all bad. And then I started thinking, and that, that if I'm not mistaken, that game is in Los Angeles. That crowd is going to be fire hot, 98.7% Raiders fans. That game, if we lose that game, yeah, I, oh my goodness. But what I will say going forward beyond this season, the good news, right? Next year, we'll, we're probably going to finish last in the, in the division, right? Next year, we will have a fourth place division schedule. That's going to help. We had not only a first place division schedule, we had a Super Bowl winning schedule. So, you know, the schedule didn't play in our favor. Now, we are losing to teams that we should have beat anyway, but I think that's going to help. We'll have an easier schedule next year. And Sean McVay hasn't had anything like this to draw from. Now going into it next year, we'll have this kind of experience to say, hey, we were here before. This didn't work. Let's do this. Let's pivot here. I think in the long run, this will be a good thing. It's easy 
to have someone's back when everything is going good, but you find out who you really are and what your friends and whoever's around you that's going through something bad, negative, trying, you find out what they're about when they pull through those situations. This is not a permanent thing. This may be permanent for the rest of the season, but going forward beyond this season, I I do think that we'll find a way to bounce back. And uh, yeah, the Lions are going to have a a top five, top 10 at worst pick from us. Yeah. I would rather them have that pick and us had Matthew Stafford last year and get the Super Bowl. It still worked out for us, right? I'd rather it still work out the exact same. Yeah. We will find a way to bounce back. It won't be this season, though. It's be very difficult to uh, if the Rams have any bounce back in them in this season, then that speaks volumes highly of uh, some of these backups and third string and fourth string players that the team needs to now rely on. Ashawn Robinson also leaving this game uh, with an injury. Ty Nasecki, the left tackle, leaving the game with an injury. Uh, JB, quickly, your your thoughts on Sean McVay and how he'll handle the rest of the year? Yeah, well, I wrote this week that. You know, referring to Seth Wickersham's ESPN's article from this summer, welcome to the Sean McVay moment full of all these headshots and beautiful profile pictures of McVay, you know, basking in the Super Bowl sunlight, right? Uh, it's a really glowing article. And, you know, I wrote this week, the Sean McVay moment aged like milk just because he didn't seem like a guy who ever thought he'd be on the losing side of the NFL, never have to go through it ad- like a- adversarial conditions. And, you know, he was in those conditions this year and he didn't really handle them well and he's made some you know miscues and mistakes along the way but I think it's only going to make this team better you're going to have all these guys that get the playing time this year and and you can leverage that next year it just it's time to move on from Taylor Rapp and if there's free agents guys with expiring contracts that don't fit into the fold moving forward get them out of the starting lineup get that young blood in you have nothing to lose you're not playing for any sort of standing so get as much experience those guys moving forward and you know let's get let's get them ready see what that let's see what they're capable of Mm -hmm. but also you know i think you need to scour the practice squads for a quarterback maybe you can find you know a third stringer moving forward but you know if you're drafting at 36 or you know the top 40 next year you almost have to use that on a quarterback next year in the draft 2023 can i ask you you guys a quick question i know we're cutting close on time are are the do the coordinators return next year what do you think jb yeah, I think Raheem Morris is back, certainly, and maybe you replace Liam Cohen. Yeah, just a matter of, uh, yeah, I don't know what Liam, Co- I just still don't really fully understand the offensive coordinator position for McVay, I guess. Uh, but overall, you know, I think at this point, there's always going to be this idea of some benefit to just making a change for the sake of making a change. Um, but I agree with JB that probably Raheem Morris seems likely to return. Uh, whereas maybe, yeah, maybe a change there. What do you think, Chris? I kind of agree with you. If, if, if Raheem Morris couldn't get a job after, you know, last season winning the Super Bowl, he's not going to get one this season. Um, <laughs> so he's definitely going to be back, I think. And Liam Cohen, it's, it's, it, he's, it's not his fault, but he's got to go. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. I wanted uh, you brought up something else, Chris, that I want to hit up before we do get out of here. You brought up the last play schedule. So let's talk briefly here. Uh, Rams 2023 home schedule. Obviously, Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals play the NFC East. So you got the Eagles and the commanders at home. And then you've got the AFC North. 
You got the Browns and the Steelers on the road. And then the last place team in the NFC South, which looks like it could be the Panthers. So, you know, you got a home schedule of Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals, Eagles, Commanders, Panthers, Browns, and Steelers. Road schedule, Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Giants, Ravens, and Bengals for the AFC North. Uh, And then last place teams in the NFC North, you could be looking at the Chicago Bears. And in the AFC South, which would be the 17th game, uh, you'd be looking at the Houston Texans. Uh, We got about a minute left here. Chris, you've heard that schedule really quickly. Give you reasons for optimism? Not as much as when I said what I said, but (laughs) we'll, we'll have to roll with it. Yeah, I get that. You know, the AFC North, not a not an easy division. That's not even one that's had Deshaun Watson yet. JB, thoughts on that schedule? Well, the NFL is a league of parity. So just there's teams that enter the you know week one every single year with the weakest strength of schedule. And by the end of the year, it looks like they had a really tough schedule. So those guys mm-hmm. at the bottom don't stay there very long. Absolutely. You know, only maybe the the Houston Texans seem like I feel like a team you could predict a little bit easier, but that's not always even the case either. Um, So very interesting situation for the Rams, although not one that any Rams fan uh, would have wanted to be the test uh, tube experiment for, you know, to see a a Super Bowl champion uh, then turn around. It's like when the the, when Sean McVay turned the Rams from four and 12 to 11 and five. Uh, so quickly in one season, this feels like the exact opposite, equal and opposite reaction to that. So hopefully the Rams get some more reasons for optimism moving forward. Um, and that's it for this episode of Turf Show Times, the instant reaction show. Hit subscribe, find us on Spotify, your podcast apps. We'll be back later this week to preview the Rams and the Chiefs. And then JB will be out with the last minute thoughts before going to attend that Chiefs game. And then we'll be back with you for another instant reaction show after that game next week. And maybe the Rams will do something even more surprising than their current record and beat the Chiefs. If not, uh, we'll still be here.